Welcome to the Vineyard Cleveland podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For further information and other resources, please visit vineyardcleveland.org. We've been in a series called Who is My Neighbor? Who is my neighbor? And what we've been after is the sense of kingdom unity in a divided world. Kingdom unity in a divided world. This morning's talk is called How to Be a Lifelong Learner. How to listen or any of these above. How do we listen? How do we truly have the heart of Jesus to listen to one another? Kingdom unity in a divided world. It's no more apparent than the presidential debate this past week that we have lost the ability to listen to one another. The two candidates were duking it out on stage, talking past one another, around one another, over one another, and through one another. There were well over a hundred different interruptions during the course of 45 minutes. That's well over one, one interruption per second. These guys were just talking past one another, not listening to one another. And it was a mirror into what our society looks like today. We are seemingly losing our ability to listen to one another. I watched this great documentary this past week on uh, Netflix called The Social Dilemma. Some of you may have watched this as well. And what the creators of this film have said, that these insiders from the tech world, from the social media world, are explaining is a more, or expressing the need for a more humane way of social media. What essentially social media has done is turned us as individuals, as people created in the image of God into a product. If you can't find a product, you are the product as it goes in the business world. And what they share essentially is that social media has created millions and billions of little isolated bubbles where we all live in our own reality much like the old movie, uh, The Truman Show. We go around in our own little bubble where these algorithms have picked up what we like, what we don't like, our preference, what we Google search, what we had for dinner last night, our political leanings one way or the other or lack thereof, and then tailors the content to what we want to hear and uh, removes what we don't want to hear. This giant filter on the way that we see the world. Why is this so wrong? Well, this is wrong for a number of different reasons, but what basically they're saying in the documentary is that we've so reinforced our own beliefs, we've so isolated ourselves that we're moving away from or created a separate sense of reality to where we're moving away from a shared sense of reality. And when that happens, listening to one another, which is foundational to the way that we're all made and creating, vanishes. The ability to listen to one another is quickly vanishing, and it's a terrible thing. What does God have to say about that? In his word, through scripture, what does Jesus say about listening to one another. You know, Jesus was the greatest listener of all time. In the history of humankind, there is no better listener than the person of Jesus. 
Jesus will listen to you when you complain at your worst, and Jesus will listen to you when you praise at your best. Jesus will listen to you when you argue with one another. Jesus will listen to you when you celebrate with one another. Jesus will listen to you when you're depressed. Jesus will listen to you when you're happy. Jesus listens in all seasons of our lives. He's the greatest listener of all time. He's our template for what it looks like to truly hear the needs of others and then respond to those needs. You'll know you'll listen. You, you, you'll know you are listening to, to other people when you begin to respond in action to others' needs. When you begin to truly mourn with those who are mourning and celebrate and enjoy, celebrate with those who are celebrating, you'll know that you're learning how to listen. In Isaiah 1.18, we read this verse, Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. They are, uh, though they are red as crimson, they shall be uh, like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the best from the land. Come now, let us reason together. Come now, let us reason together. There's been this loss, this grieving, I don't know if you felt, in the past six months especially, but definitely in the span of the past five to ten years. This grieving, this loss of this sense of lacking reasoning together. Come, let us reason together. What I hear God saying in that is that there is great value placed on being committed to one another over and above any sense of argument or disagreement. And in doing so, in committing ourselves to, um, committing ourselves to being committed to one another, to listening to one another over any sense of disagreement, what we're saying is, God, here is my heart, here is my mind, I'm willing to be transformed by you and by brothers and sisters in the church to tell me when I'm right, yes, but to tell me when I'm wrong too, so that I can become more like you, Jesus. And so that we can become more like the church you've envisioned us to be. Yeah, we're committed to being lifelong learners. Come, let us reason together. When we reason together, when we pray together, what we're doing is we're listening simultaneously. We're listening for the voice of God. What does Jesus' voice sound like? What does his voice feel like? Is it underlining scripture? Is it underlining the word of God? And then as we're praying with each other, we're learning to listen to the needs of others, to be sensitive with where God is at in their journey so that we can in, 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 in turn help unlock the destiny of others. Listening well to one another unlocks one another's destiny in Jesus. That's the cool thing, is that by learning to listen, by learning to ask questions, by learning to truly understand, by come now, let us reason together, we're able to unlock others' future in the Lord. We're able to help them get closer to Jesus. That's the aim. That's the goal. As followers of Jesus, we want to be close to him. And if we're going to be close to him, we're going to need to learn to know what it means to listen. 
listening in a way that unlocks others' future, walking long-term in the unity of Christ. Come, let us reason together. James, in the book of James, this one really got me this week. James 1, 19. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry. Quick to listen, slow to speak. I don't know about you, but I really enjoy talking. Some of the introverts listening this morning are like, gosh, I love to listen. Well, we're all created differently, and I prefer the opposite. I, you know, I read a passage of scripture like this, and it really convicts me to be slow to speak and quick to listen. Oftentimes, we as people, as believers in Jesus, we are just the opposite. We are quick to talk and slow to listen. We think that by sharing our opinion about things, it helps other people understand us better. But what James is saying and what Jesus modeled for us is that actually the opposite is true. When we seek to understand, when we listen to one another, Other people begin to understand us in greater measure and vice versa. Seeking to be, seeking to understand rather than to be understood. But so oftentimes what we find in society is just the opposite. We're slow to listen and we're quick to talk. We're really quick to give our opinion about any given thing and any given situation. In Romans 14.7, check out what Paul says in Romans For none of us lives to himself alone. None of us dies to himself alone. If we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. For this very reason, Christ died and returned to life so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. You then, why do you judge your brother? Or why do you look down on your brother? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. You know, what Paul is saying here is that we all belong to the Lord, whether you're, um, what Paul is saying is that you're, these, all these outer things, your race or ethnicity, your socioeconomic standing, your gender, all of these outer things do not give you a sense of superiority or inferiority to any other person. Don't look down on your brother, Paul says, or your sister. It's for this reason that Christ died. Christ went to the cross. Why? Paul is saying, you then, why do you judge your brother? Or why do you look down on your brother? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. For this very reason, Christ died, Paul says. Paul is saying Christ died so that you can enter into true relationship. And what that looks like is that you don't have to enter every situation needing to argue or convince the other person that you are right and they are wrong. That the way that they see the world is inferior to the way that you see the world. Yeah, Paul is saying that we don't live in a vacuum, that this facade or veneer that social media gives us as living in your own isolated bubble, 
that we don't live in a vacuum. We all live before the throne of God openly and authentically. We live before Him and we live before others. We don't, we don't have joys. We don't sin. We don't um, have any of these things in a vacuum, but that our life is on display. And what we should be displaying is the love of Christ for our brother or our sister. And we do that by learning to listen to the needs of others, by giving a listening ear and not talking past each other, by being slow to speak and quick to listen, by come now, let us reason together. Our sins were like scarlet, but now are washed clean. Yeah, we're transformed. As a community, we learn what it means to lament when someone else is hurt. Our job is not to argue with them or to convince them. Our job is to love them and do whatever we can to help them move towards Christ. By listening to each other, our job is not to argue or convince them, but to help move them, move together into what it means to follow Jesus more holy. Yeah, we're called to forgive our brothers and our sisters. Check out Colossians 3. Here's Paul again in the book of Colossians. He says, bear with each other and forgive whatever grievance you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. So oftentimes we forget, we forget that the Lord has forgiven us of our sins and we are to go and do likewise to forgive others of their sins against us. Christ forgave his enemy's sins. Anybody you consider an enemy in your life, Christ says forgive them. Anybody you consider an opponent in your life, Christ says forgive them. How many times do I have to, God? Yes, 70 times seven. You must forgive. To be a Christian is to know the meaning of forgiveness in our lives and in the lives of others around us. Forgive as Christ, God forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds all of us together in perfect unity. All of these virtues are held together in unity through the bond of love and forgiveness in the person of Jesus. We're called to be lifelong learners, not mouthpieces, so to speak, but earpieces. We're called to pick up on the rhythms of God's grace in other people and what God is seeing in their lives and what God is doing in their journeys and how God wants to free others to bring them greater freedom. That's what it means to, um, that's what it means to be a lifelong learner. And in Romans 12, what it also means is that we're going to learn if we're going to be committed to this journey, we're going to need to learn what it means to mourn with those who mourn, to lament with those who lament. Check it out. Bless those who persecute you. Bless those and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. That's Romans 12. 
We're to move toward one another. And if we're to move toward one another in racial reconciliation, it means that we're going to have to learn how to lament. We're going to have to learn what it means to mourn with those who are in mourning, to mourn, to co-passion, to, co to have compassion on, to learn to lament with one another. We're having the wrong conversations. We're having the wrong conversations. You know, whites think that racism is uh, that racism is too strong of a, of a term, that the reaction towards racism, racism by the black community is, is too strong, the reaction of looting and rioting and all of this. But blacks are lamenting and people are in pain and people are hurt right now. What does it mean to be a Christian in these times? It means to mourn with those who mourn. To lament. This is a moment of national repentance. We haven't moved beyond the day after George Floyd's uh, murder. We haven't moved beyond the lynchings in, uh, in Reconstruction America and in the Jim Crow South. We haven't moved beyond that. We're in that because the thing that God is speaking is that this is a moment of national repentance. This is a moment of national lament. What God is saying is that brothers and sisters, whites and blacks, this is a time for you to mourn with one another, not to feel superior or inferior to one another. This is a time to come. Let us reason together and journey a mile in someone else's shoes to mourn with those who mourn, to lament with others. It's a big deal because when we learn to mourn with those who mourn. We're truly walking in our identity as followers of Jesus. This is the last thing. We're truly walking in our identity as followers of Jesus. In Proverbs, check this out. In Proverbs 18.2, Solomon, or the writer of this proverb, says, A fool finds no pleasure, or only in... Uh, Check that. A fool finds no pleasure in understanding, but delights in or only in airing his own opinions. A fool finds no pleasure in understanding, but delights in airing his own opinions. <laughs> I just want to pause there for a minute. I, I, I want to read it again. A fool finds no pleasure in understanding, but delights only in airing his own opinions. How culturally prophetic is that verse today? You know, there's a lack of understanding. There's a plethora of knowledge around. You can Google search anything you'd like on climate change, racial issues, presidential debates, presidential candidates. But what there's a lack of is understanding. What there's a lack of is wisdom. What there's a lack of is learning to listen. And the writer of this proverb says that a fool takes delight in airing his own opinions, but gives no cause for understanding. So how do we answer the question? The question is, how do we not become foolish? 
how do we not become foolish? Well, we've unlocked bits of that up until this point. We learn to listen, and how do we do that? We lament with others. We mourn with those who mourn. We take a look at, like for a case example, the murder of George Floyd. White people, how do you respond? What do you find in your heart as a response to hear that George Floyd was murdered? Do you feel anger? Do you feel happy? Do you feel nothing at all? All of these you need to sit with and acknowledge and face up to as moving towards reconciliation, as moving towards lament, mourning with those who mourn. How do we not become foolish? Does it mean that we keep our opinions to ourselves? Or does this mean that we need to have an opinion about anything and everything? But the proverb is clear only in expressing his or her own opinion. That's where, fool, that's where fools find themselves, is only in expressing their own opinion. You know, how not to be foolish? Be quick to listen. You know, fools are are fast to give answers and solutions to complex problems. How about we become a community that models slow listening as a move towards reconciliation? Being quick to listen, slow to speak, you know, quick to listen to what the other person might be feeling or thinking. The difference between hearing and listening. There's a difference between hearing and listening. You know, hearing has more to do with the auditory physical act of hearing noise or sound. But when we truly listen to one another, it deals with understanding, like what Solomon is talking about in Proverbs. This understanding, this knowledge of the heart and the head being connected as one. That's where listening thrives. You know, listening is not just about taking turns. Listening is not about waiting for your turn to talk. This is a good one for me to learn. You know, when we're moving towards reconciliation in lament, active listening looks like being content with showing presence. Not waiting for your, just waiting for your turn to talk. Active listening is about is not about taking turns on when to talk attention that we give others our time our attention all of these things are gifts to who we might consider the other when you give your when you show up that's what uh, Solomon is saying in this proverb when you show up to listen to give presence you're offering a gift and the gift is, hey, I don't have any other agenda here. There's not anything that I need to argue or convince you about. I'm just here as your friend. I'm just here as your ally. I'm just here as the presence of Jesus. And likewise, the opposite, the person you're speaking with or listening to, they become gifts to us. And we truly see that transformation is in our identity, which is learning to listen to other people 
We find our identity in learning to listen and seeking to understand rather than simply uh, needing to be understood by others. That's when we truly step into our identity as followers of Jesus, when we learn how to listen. And lastly, this verse is just so key, you guys, for this day and age. When we begin to identify, we're talking about identity, when we begin to identify with the needs of others, with the pain of others, with the hurt of others, mourning with those who mourn, when we begin to identify with them, check out what God says in 2 Chronicles 7. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and will heal their land. Jesus says, God says that our identity, when we begin to do this, there will be, in order to do this, it takes the hard work of humility. Learning to shut up, learning to listen, takes the hard work of humility and none of us have it figured out. But when we move towards one another to mourn with those who are mourning, Jesus says he will come and heal our land. You know, Jesus says he is gentle and humble of heart. And when we clothe ourselves with Christ and learn what it means to humble ourselves and truly listen to what he's speaking and what our brothers and sisters who are mourning are saying, when we begin to understand and learn from one another, Jesus will come and heal the land. And we need healing right now, don't we? In this brutally divisive climate, we need the good news of Jesus. That all men are created in the Imago Dei, the image of God, dearly loved by a father who sent Jesus into the world to reconcile two half things and make them whole. Into this world, Jesus came to become like us, to put on skin and bones, to know how we think and feel and would respond. And we put him on a cross for it. We put him on a cross for it. And there Jesus was murdered. The Lamb of God offered up. Jesus wasn't a victim. He offered himself willingly to go for the to the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. And then he was raised from the dead, resurrecting into the highest place that we might become one. His church would become one. Do you want to be brought into that forgiveness? to be a peacemaker, to learn what it means to truly listen and respond to the voice of God, to truly learn what it means to listen to one another. The only way is through the cross of Jesus. The cross of Jesus is the only vehicle with which we can learn to listen to God's voice and to the voice of those who are mourning right now. If you want to learn what it means to listen to God's voice, to hear his voice, and to listen to others, would you join me in praying? And you just say to God, God, I have lost my own way. I don't know how to do life on my own. I've sinned against you and I've sinned against others. And I acknowledge that before you this morning. You might want to say, God, I acknowledge racist thoughts 
or harboring racist feelings towards people who don't look like me. You may want to confess that before God. And as you confess it, you'll feel the grace of Jesus flooding into your life because his heart for you is fullness and wholeness. And you just say, Jesus, I believe you are who you say you are, that it was because of your cross for the reconciliation of all mankind that you've come to make me whole and not just make me whole, but to make the whole world whole. Just confess before Jesus that he is king and picture something like a door on your heart and swing wide the door of your heart and say, come live inside of me, Jesus. I need your presence over anything else. Jesus, give me your presence. In Jesus name, I pray. Hey, if you just prayed that with me, we want to know about it. Would you let us know um, through a message on Facebook or through uh, office at vineyardcleveland.org? Someone will pray with you. The number that you can text will be on the screen here a little bit later. We're going to worship together. Sarah's going to lead us in a time of worship together. But we just bless you and we pray that the Lord would shine his face upon you, that you would go about your week this week in a way that seeks to usher in the kingdom of God and all that you say and all that you do, that you would learn how to listen to Jesus' voice, to know what he sounds like and be committed to be transformed by the Holy Spirit so that you can lament and mourn with those who are mourning right now and then move towards healing in your identity as a son or daughter of Jesus, as a son or daughter of the living God who loves you dearly. Vineyard Cleveland, we love you so much. We are so grateful for you. Let's worship together. Sarah's going to lead us in worship. Have a great week. We love you.